Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast, previewing LSU-Auburn at 2.30 Central on CBS. It's going to be a big one as it's a top 10 matchup in Tiger Stadium. LSU's third top 10 matchup of the season already. They'll have at least one more ahead of them uh, Al- uh, with Alabama on November 9th, but that's after the bye week. I'm Billy Embody. With me, Shay Dixon, Sonny Ship to preview the game. Boys, uh, this is a, a great top 10 matchup. And and coming off of the big news on, on Wednesday night of Art Gilbert uh, committing to the Tigers, it's just the start of a big weekend. And, and, and Shay, uh, our, our heads are, are probably swimming from Wednesday night as we're recording this on Thursday. But, but now it's just time for some good old uh, SEC football. Yeah, let's get back to it. I mean, boy, what? We didn't expect this to come this week, obviously. Um, we talked a ton on the side about how big of a shocker it was. Uh, but it says, look, and you can go back and, and entering the season, LSU had uh, a 20-something commitments. You know, this is the first commitment for them that comes as a direct result uh, of the 7-0 start of what they've done on offense, of how they're using uh, their skill players on that side of the ball. So, uh, obviously people have been waiting for this moment for LSU for a long time to move to a spread, utilize the talent all over the field. Uh, and now we're seeing it pour over into recruiting. And, and Sonny, this, this game though, I mean, with this one coming into Tiger stadium with the bye week ahead, it, it's going to be something where LSU is just not going to have to overlook it. And I feel like during the week they've been pretty good. Both sides have been on not, uh, giving bulletin board material or not getting into the the war of words this week. Yeah, and, and not overlook it. That's a uh, you know normally that term is reserved for the uh, for the Utah States and the Vanderbilts of the world. But when you uh, you know I think with Auburn, I think that this game is going to the spread right now. I think is ten and a half, and this is one that I'm I'm a little more concerned about LSU covering that spread than I was about the Florida contest. And uh, the reason being is that that defensive line for Auburn, I think, is it's for real. And if if LSU does not contain that front four, and plus Nick Coe, who is not even listed as a starter. If LSU's offensive line has has problems with that, with those guys, and Joe Burrow doesn't have as much time as he's had in the past, you know, this is a game that I could easily see a turnover, you know, a turnover or two, a missed field goal or two, like we've seen from Cade York over the last couple of games, that it could really change the complexion of the game. So I'm probably a little more uh, a little more concerned about Auburn than I was for Florida. Yeah, and, and I think I am too in a way. I I feel like with Bo Nix coming in as a true freshman, coming into Tiger Stadium, it's a little different than Florida. And I was a, I was concerned with Dan Mullen's ability to, you know, call plays against LSU and, and create matchups. But Auburn, I think, defensively has a little bit more of a of a a better matchup with LSU offensively. If they can get pressure on Joe Burrow or whatever, maybe that is somehow able to throw off their timing like we really haven't seen this season. And and we've, we've talked about, well, can defenses do this or that when we just haven't seen it yet? So they'll have to show it on, on Saturday if, if they're going to be able to compete in this game. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think this, this is more of a concern for me than the Florida game. And, and that one turned out to be a, somewhat of a close game. And 
uh, LSU still covered. But yeah, I think with this one, it's going to be a battle of the trenches. LSU gets Sadiq Charles back. Austin Deculus is fine after being banged up against Mississippi State. And they've got to deal with Derek Brown, one of the best defensive linemen in all of college football. And the matchup on the interior is going to be a key, Sonny. And and uh, even with the two tackles, you know, returning and, and one being healthy, uh, it's all going to be about the middle of that offensive line. Yeah, Cushenberry, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, you couldn't – I don't think that Aub- I don't think that Auburn has uh, played a, a center as good as Cushenberry is, and he may be the he may be the best center that they face all year. <laughs> I think he's that good. Um, and then you flank him with Adrian McGee and Damian Lewis. You know the interior of LSU's offensive line has played has played pretty well. We've you know we've documented Damian Lewis having some issues. We've documented also documented Adrian McGee how he has progressed each week. Then you have Ed Ingram, who you just you just it's almost like you're just waiting for Ingram once he gets in the game to just completely dominate and kind of try to put his uh you know stranglehold on that starting left guard position, but it hasn't happened yet. But that's going to be a uh, that's going to that's going to be a very good matchup. And the good thing about it is that LSU will be able to LSU will be able to to double team some guys. They'll be able to double team Derek Brown inside. I think you're probably going to see a little more of LSU sending four guys out as opposed to five in the routes because of what Mississippi State was able to do last week. So I think you'll probably see a little more of the of uh, Thad Moss staying in to block some, a little more of the running back staying in to block some, but. I don't think that that's a bad thing because when you look at when you look at Auburn's secondary, they've had a lot they've had problems defending the middle of the field. Brandon Marcello with our Auburn uh, website, he noted that in our Q and A that we did with him for behind enemy lines, and that's a part of the field that LSU has attacked all year long. You add Terrace Marshall back to that equation, and now you've got another big body receiver who's going to work the middle of the field, and if for a defense that has problems uh you know controlling and defending that part of the field lsu really exploits that they've 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 uh attacked that against everybody that they've played and i think you'll probably see that even more on saturday yeah and 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 shay on the flip side of that uh lsu has to get pressure on on bo nicks i mean they need to rattle him florida was able to really make him a non-factor in the swamp and uh, in an environment that's going to be wild on Saturday. I mean, I, I think the people underestimate how big recruiting could kind of be in all these things, but I think the buzz around this team is, is getting even louder. And, and I think the, the stadium on, on Saturday is, as, as Ed Ogeron likes to say, it's, it's going to be on fire and, and the defense will be able to feed off of that a little bit. I thought you were going to say it's going to be lit. That or- Orgeron would not have said that. That would, the kids say that, Billy. Uh, so well done. Um, I'm with. Look, Orgeron talked about it. We've talked about it. This will be the best O line and D line they have faced so far. Uh, obviously, Florida was a little banged up coming into that game on the D line, and and even during the game, losing uh, one of their starters kind of right out of the gates. But I, I look back to that game and I say. Even then, Florida has a talented front seven, and they never got a single pass or actually not a pass rush, but a quarterback hurry. They never touched Burrow, obviously never had a sack. And we talked to Lloyd Cushenberry this week uh, and multiple alignment, Austin Deculus as well. Uh, but they said, look, we, we bring some confidence from that game into this one, knowing, okay, we've been battle tested uh, and we played really well 
we feel like we're hitting a stride now. They've got Ed Ingram back, who can be a bit of a swing man for them, as well as Adrian McGee, who's played well. Uh, and they think they're playing their best football right now on that side of the ball. Now, how do you get after Bo Nix? How do you flip that and say, we'll protect Joe Burrow, but we have to get after the freshman quarterback? And you say he's a freshman. He's played seven games. So he's got some experience under his belt. But look at the numbers. And you mentioned the game against Florida when they rattled him. He's a 56% passer on the year. And, and someone on our board joked that Joe Burrow could go 0 for 70 in this game uh, and still be a 60-something percent passer on the year. So Nix is not lighting the world on fire with his arm. If they can get to him, he's thrown it for 1,300 yards. He has 11 touchdowns in seven games, so averaging a little over one a game. And he's thrown five picks in seven games, so nearly a pick every game. You've got to figure out a way to make him feel the pressure Feel like he's got to make big plays for that offense. Get him out of a rhythm. Don't let Gus Malzahn get into some groove where they're running the football really well. And then Nix is able to just sort of pop uh, a throw here and there to continue to move the chains. And uh, we've talked about it before. Again, it's feast or famine sometimes with this LSU D. They lead the SEC in three and outs, but they also are probably up there in long drives that take up time. Uh, that result in points and, and we saw touchdowns against Florida that's how they stuck around in the first half so uh, and really into the third quarter obviously um, but I, I think with Knicks if you're stopping Auburn's run game and LSU stops the run game as well as anybody in the conference right now uh, and they did great against Kylan Hill up in Starkville which was the best back that they had faced so far if they can find out a way to this bevy of running backs Auburn has to negate them don't let them have these big plays uh, then I think we see uh, LSU or Auburn have to rely on Knicks to use his arm. And I think that's the last thing Malzahn wants to have to do uh, in this road environment. So uh, find a way to get pressure. I've said it. We all said it. Put Marcel Brooks and Caleb on out there at the same time. I think in passing situations, uh, that's an obvious move for him. It's big that they've got Divinity back. Uh, Patrick Queen talked about how important he is out there with communication. So for me, I think the combination of the D-line getting healthy you know now what you can get out of Marcel Brooks. You've got Divinity out there. You're in a good spot. And if you play the way you're supposed to play this weekend, you will rattle Bo Nix, and he'll turn the ball over a time or two, which is something Kyle Trask didn't do in that Florida game. Yeah, and, and look, we haven't even started on, on Terrace Marshall officially being back for LSU this weekend against Auburn. And that's something where when we talk about LSU preparing for this defensive line and, and the matchup that is, these, these fronts, right, Who whoever controls the line of scrimmage in this game is probably going to end up winning it. But Terrace Marshall coming back for LSU, that's going to help in a big way. That's another reliable option for Joe Burrow to go to, Sonny. Yeah, it's another big option. And like I mentioned earlier, he likes to work the middle of the field. Auburn struggles covering the middle of the field. But I think more so than that, we saw LSU for the first time all year have some struggles in the red zone. They had to kick, uh, they had to kick three field goals on their first three drives last week against Mississippi State, and I think a part part of that is because you didn't have that third option in Terrace Marshall. It's a lot easier to put a little more attention on on Justin Jefferson and or Jamar Chase that close to the goal line. But you put Terrace Marshall out there now, all of a sudden you've got him that you have to worry about too. So so one of those guys you should be able to take advantage with one of those guys. And, and I think that against Auburn, 
Auburn, Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator for the Tigers, is going to look at that game against Mississippi State, see what Bob Shoup had a little bit of success with, try to incorporate that into his game plan this week if it's something that Auburn hasn't done this year much of, and to try to give LSU some different looks. And I think that in the red zone, whatever Mississippi State had some success with in the secondary, that if Auburn tries to duplicate that, I think that Joe, Bra- that Joe Brady and Steve Insminger will be ready for that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And and look, I, I think this, this matchup overall shapes up well for LSU. I think they're going to be able to to take care of business and we'll get to some predictions later on in the podcast but one thing we do want to do is highlight a growing list an impressive list of recruits heading into tiger stadium on saturday and some official visitors that'll be in town and we'll get to that we'll do that right after this quick break from the go 24 7 podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Thanks for listening. A quick reminder, guys, as we throw together stories and do all of that for you guys to read on Go 24-7, we want your feedback. So, A, if you're on Go247.com, check us out on the board and shoot us a PM and, and let us know how we're doing. If there's something you want to see, tell us. And the same goes for this podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button for us, and we might just give you a little shout-out on Twitter and we certainly appreciate you guys doing that. Sonny, Shay, uh, this is once again, and we thought the, the Florida weekend was really, really impressive for LSU, but they are riding a ridiculous amount of recruiting momentum, obviously with, with Gilbert on board now, but especially with what they've got coming in this weekend with some official visitors. Shay, uh, let's start with really the top guy that, that's coming in, in in my mind as of now, Zach Evans, the number one running back in the country. Houston North Shore plays on Thursday night. It'll be a big weekend for LSU to try to wow uh, Zach Evans. Yeah, I mean, I think that we've talked about Evans for so long that I don't need to repeat much of it. I think the best way to sum it up is, uh, and especially with a kid like Evans, right, is track what he's doing, not what he's saying. And he doesn't say a ton. Uh, But point being is we've heard so many people say so many different things We know that Evans has been around LSU's campus more than any other campus uh, of teams that are involved with him, more than Georgia, Bama, all those schools. He's been to every summer camp since ninth grade when he got his offer. He's been to every junior day, comes to a game every year. So it's not a shock that LSU's getting its first official visit. Now, what can they do with it? Uh, We know that they've tried to hit the home run in this class at running back. 
It was him and Kendall Milton early on that they circled. Uh, now they've widened that scope a little bit more. We've seen Jameer Gibbs get involved. Uh, Devin Achen, who's more of an all-purpose back that can do a number of things for you. Uh, but Evans has remained at the top of the list. And given that he's coming first, given that he's coming uh, with Alec Bryant on the same weekend who's committed to LSU out of Texas, a, a defensive end or edge rusher, uh, those guys are, are buddies. Uh, Brian has said time and again that behind the scenes, he's recruiting some kids in Texas. And, and what he means by that is Zach Evans. Uh, and I think that you couple it with LSU sitting at 7-0. and They've got a big game. Everything's there for the environment to be good this weekend. Uh, we'll see Evans be able to spend a full 72 hours on campus. This follows up that trip to Bama he did a week ago. So I do feel, Billy and Sonny, now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, right, of uh, of Evans' recruitment, he's always said, <clears throat> look, don't listen to what everybody out there is, is speculating. I want to wait until signing day, and I'm going to do it then, uh, and I'm going to have a, a good feel for which team I want to go to by that point. Uh, so I think this is LSU's chance to not really set the tone, um, but kind of cement their place moving forward, uh, and they're pitching him on, look, we're not the team that's going to run it in the stacked boxes anymore and make you carry it 28 times a game. Uh, you're going to be involved running it. You're going to be involved catching it. Uh, and you're going to be part of this offense now that spreads the ball all around to the playmakers. And uh, I think that's a pitch that a kid like that loves to hear. Yeah. And, you know, Shay, they're, they're going to have some, uh, they're going to have a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball in this weekend. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very anxious to see how they, uh, you know, when you look at this class, we look at, Arik Gilbert, him jumping on board with 22 commitments. You know, I'm anxious to see what guys they have in on the defensive side of the ball as far as, uh, you know, helping address helping address some needs. And we've talked about it a lot, but getting uh, outside linebackers slash pass rushers is a, uh, you know, that that's going to be a big, uh, going to be a big deal here heading down the stretch. And, uh, you know, when you look at the board, you've got B.J. Ojolari, who's teammates with Arik Gilbert. You've got Phillip Webb up there. You've got Donnell Harris. Now, obviously, all these kids aren't going to be in this weekend. But the way that this staff has, uh, you know, ha has kind of uh, secretly or privately made inroads with a lot of kids and kind of under with their recruitments, not the kids under the radar, but their recruitments with LSU a little bit under the radar, I'm anxious to see, uh, you know, what they're able to uh, get in on a big game like this. Because one, th one thing that's going to be different from the Florida game, I expect the atmosphere to be just as rowdy and to be just as live as it was against Florida. But the staff is going to have a ton of time after the game to be able to spend with the recruits, to spend with their families, unlike the Florida game to where if kids didn't stay in, stay overnight and, and spend, sun, spend part of Sunday on campus, the staff had very limited time with them before and after the game. Whereas this week, they'll be able to really, uh, you know, to really show them the ropes and really spend a lot of quality time after the game and, and that quality time could be an even bigger hit, especially if they get a big win. Yeah. And another, another Houston area player that'll be on campus is, is Alec Bryant coming back in for an official visit with his team playing on Thursday night. So he'll get a chance to get in comfortably on Friday, get settled and then take in Tiger stadium all weekend um, and be around the staff and get in meetings and do all those things as they lead up to this top 10 matchup. I think it just, is a great opportunity for him. I, I believe there's a chance that he's going to try to enroll early. We're going to check on that, but it makes sense with his official visit being for this Auburn game. They, they do usually try to kind of 
hold on to them at, at certain points and use them later on in the process. So Alec Bryant coming in for his official visit this weekend. We're expecting two, maybe three more official visitors. You guys will just have to keep it locked on Go 24-7 for the latest there. A couple of big names floating around that that will be updating you guys if they do pop on, on campus. Um, but this weekend, I mean, you're going to bring in both of your quarterback commits, TJ Finley and Max Johnson. Max Johnson's brother, Jake Johnson, the 2022 tight end, expected to attend with him. They'll have a ton of their in-state commitments on campus. And, and look, you never know with these big weekends who else might pop up uh, on campus, but um, it's shaping up to be a monster weekend um, on, on campus in, in Baton Rouge. A lot of Texas flavor to this visitor list that we're going to have posted for you guys as you guys are listening to this podcast on the board. Um, but, Che, I do want to touch on Jameer Gibbs because he is a big deal, I think, overall uh, in this in this class. He's somebody that's really been rising up the recruiting rankings, having a monster season, and he's set to come in unofficially. Is he somebody that, I mean, he might be good enough that, that they're going to press him anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think they want to come – they do want to come away with a running back. Now, the shift happens, and I don't know if it's going to be at running back, but – they weren't banking on Eric Gilbert committing. You know, that surprised them. So they're going to continue to try to make these numbers work. They will make the numbers work, and we'll see some guys that are currently committed may not end up signing, and some guys out there uh, could continue to be surprises uh, like an Eric Gilbert. As you said, check back for the visitor list this week, and it'll be a big one. Um, but I think that they like uh, Jameer Gibbs enough out of Georgia, especially seeing him as a senior. They offered him back in March. Uh, but his midseason highlights, Billy, you had an article earlier this week on him, uh, are as impressive as anybody out there at this stage. Uh, and I think what they want to do is say, all right, if Zach Evans isn't coming, how close can we get to Jameer Gibbs? If neither of them coming, do we still get a guy like Devin H and who can do a few different things for you? Uh, and because of that, they're, as I said, widening the scope just a little bit uh, to where it's not Zach Evans or Buzz. So, we saw Gibbs pick up a BAM offer in the past week. He's got a ton of other offers. Uh, a lot of people think that he's going to look hard at these SEC schools down the stretch. Uh, but Bama has a couple running backs already committed. What does that mean for LSU, who has none committed? Uh, I think we'll see more this weekend with Gibbs coming in. But uh, I would put him firmly on the radar because he's a guy that LSU really likes. And they want to go down this back stretch feeling like they can come away with at least one running back. Yeah, and I, I really like Gibbs and what he's bringing to the table uh, down the stretch for a potential potential take and land in the class. We'll see what happens as he's going to be on campus and then Zach Evans, of course. Um, tons of other visitors expected in. You can check them all out at Go 24-7. Guys, I think it's time to uh, quickly kind of hit some predictions. Uh, Sonny, let's lead off with you. What are you, what are you kind of thinking on this one? Well, every week, every week I get uh... – you know, I, I get accused, uh, I get either accused or I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but they make a reference about me and the spread. And, and I'm probably the, uh, the, one of the few sports writers out there who does not gamble at any, on anything. I don't even look at spreads except if I'm writing an article or anything. But once again, the spread is at 10 and a half thought about this all week. And for some reason, I just keep going back to a 35, 24 score. Uh, you know, I think that 
I think that the first half is going to be is going to be too close for comfort. It's going to be very similar to the Florida game. I think the second half is when LSU comes out and they're able to uh, to overcome the miscues from the first half. They're able to move the ball on Auburn, but not able to capitalize and miss field goal possibly um, a turnover or two. But in the second half, they get things back on track and probably a late score like we've seen in the Florida game, like we saw against Texas. I think uh, Joe Burrow comes through again with a late score that makes the score look a little bit different than the game actually goes. But I'm really expecting a, uh, a close game and a very good contest. Shay, what about you? What, what, what's your feel on this one as, as LSU uh, trying to move to 8-0? Yeah, Sonny out here just uh, trying to act like he's not looking at spreads, but he's riding it dead on. Uh, I'm following suit, man. I'm sitting on right around the same thing. I like 35-24. That would mean LSU was covering. The line opened at 12, but as Sonny said, down to 10 and a half, um, you know, kind of at the latter part of the week. Uh, and the over-under is right at 58 and a half. Now, one thing I'll be curious of, now Tiger Stadium's field holds up well, but it's going to rain a lot Friday. It may rain some Saturday morning. Um, it looks like it'll clear up for the game, uh, but we haven't seen this LSU offense play in weather yet. Uh, and obviously both sides would be affected by that. Uh, but Auburn would like to run the ball more than they're throwing it. LSU, obviously, vice versa. But uh, I'm sitting in that range. Uh, and whether it is a late touchdown to pull ahead or whether uh, LSU has a little bit more sizable lead and, and Auburn scores late to, uh, you know, to pull a little bit closer, I'm not sure. But uh, I think the return of Terrace Marshall's huge. I think the defense has trended in the right direction. So uh, I'm riding that. I'm also on 35-24. Uh, I think that's a good kind of range for where this could wind up. And uh, I think they probably hit the over on this. Um, but, again, I, I'd watch the weather a little bit. And, and I'll say it, same thing as Mississippi State game. Uh, or maybe I said this for the Florida game. The key will be early on, would it, midway through the second quarter, what's the score? Uh, and if LSU's up by, you know, double digits, then I think they're holding on and winning. If it's a tight game, then it's going to go into the third quarter again. Uh, we obviously saw up in Starkville, uh, those final five minutes, really the end of the first half and, and the beginning of the second, it all swung. But uh, if LSU doesn't have, <clears throat> you know, a 10-point lead middle of the second quarter, then I think it's playing out like Florida game, where you get into the third quarter, you need to make some halftime adjustments. Uh, you're going to need Joe Burrow and them to come out swinging. Uh, and you need your defense to come up with some three and outs and uh, and give the offense a chance to stay on the field. Yeah, I, I think, guys, I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go 41 uh, for LSU, but 24 for Auburn. So I'll stick with you guys on the on the 24 points for for Auburn. I think that's kind of their peak if they're able to get get some time for Bo, Bo Nix, be a little balanced and kind of keep things off balance for LSU. But I, I think LSU – didn't convert in the red zone against against uh, Mississippi State much, uh, especially early on in terms of converting drives into touchdowns. I think with Terrace Marshall Marshall back into the fold, they'll be able to do just that and, and get into the end zone as an offense a little bit more. So I'm going to go 41-24 LSU. I, I think, you know, if, if the weather especially can can clear out completely and not affect the in-game, uh, you know, conditions as much, they'll be able to hit that. So I feel pretty good about 41-24 right now. Um, past two weeks, I've picked blowouts for LSU, and that didn't go well. So I think it's going to be a little bit closer in the first half, but LSU uh, pulls away in this one and wins 41-24 heading into the bye week. So with that, I think we're going to wrap up here on the Go 24-7 podcast. 
Uh, quick reminder, as you guys are listening to this, we've got a great buy one month, get two special on Go 24-7. So if you're looking to follow LSU on Go 24-7 all the way through the rest of the season, pick up that subscription. And for just a couple bucks, you're going to be covered all the way through the season for VIP content. Content, so visitor lists, recruits react, team tidbits, all of those things. We're going to have you guys covered. So make sure you check out that deal on Go 24-7 right now. Uh, through the rest of this weekend. So, guys, thanks for being on the pod. Everyone, thanks for listening. Again, hit that subscribe button. Hit that review for us. We appreciate all of you guys doing that. And have a great weekend. What a big start to the weekend it's been already for LSU. They're going to look to keep it going as LSU takes on Auburn at 2.30 Central on CBS in Tiger Stadium.